This is episode 11 of The Kingdom is Here. And today I'm talking about dual citizenship. A notion of being a citizen of the kingdom of God, while also being a citizen of some of the kingdoms of this world, or at least a temporary citizen of the kingdoms of this world. Let's see where this goes. This is Nathan Kirk, and I've got really good news. So I want to share a story with you from the very first book of the Bible. It's it's one of the most, I think, one of the most compelling stories in the whole book. I mean, obviously, obviously you have so much going on in Genesis that it's just packed, right? But this story is, it's so interesting how it draws out so much of that book of Genesis. So just to kind of lay this out there, the book of Genesis begins obviously with the beginning and the creation of the earth and we've we've gone to that a little bit we're going to keep going back there because it sets the tone for everything for us right but it begins with the with creation so kind of a universality of creation um and then it it breaks it down to like what's happening here on this planet so it goes universally and then to the planet level right big picture in the universe then breaks it down to the planet. Um, and then it breaks it down to not just the planet, but what's happening between humanity and God. So it starts with the universe, you kind of see a pattern here, then then the planet, then humanity. Um, from there, it goes into the story of obviously like Noah and, and then Abraham. So it's talking about a nation of people at that point and from um, Abraham and then to Isaac and then Jacob, right? So then the Israel journey that they take. Um, so this is this is all progressing throughout the book. You start you know, with the universe and then it just kind of universally, globally, you know, humanity, nationally with the people group. Um, and then with a the family, the family of um, Jacob and or Israel. And then from that point, it gets into one person's story, essentially, from chapter 37 through chapter 50, the rest of this book, it like slows down to a grinding halt and talks about the story of one man named Joseph and how that one man's story will set the tone for the rest of this book and the rest of humanity it's really really quite powerful that story and if you want to read it i mean that it starts in genesis 37 that's joseph's story really and and read it through the rest of the book of genesis through 50 it's really really cool so the reason i'm getting into this is because joseph's story the personal story of joseph is a lot like ours so like we could talk about things from a universal or global standpoint. We could talk about things from a national or a family standpoint. We could do all of that. And that's fine and, and, and well enough, like appropriate. Yeah, for sure. There's tons to glean from that. But what I'm getting down to is for individual listeners, for us, just people, what is the individual story that's taking place here? What's the personal story? Um, 
God does speak to all of those other factors, but the kingdom of God is expressed in your life personally. And so with that, the Bible dives into this personal story of Joseph. And that's what we're doing today is diving into a personal story, your personal story, and how you can live in this world, in the systems or the kingdoms of this world, while still fulfilling God's purpose for your life in his kingdom, which is vastly more important than all of the broken and falling systems of this world. So let's just look at some of the highlights from Joseph's story. It, it really is an incredible one, the journey of his story. So Joseph is favored by his father, Jacob or Israel. He, he's, he's like the favorite son. He's the, he's the second to youngest, Benjamin being the youngest son. But, but Joseph is the favorite um, because of that favor that he had, he even had this like special coat that was made, which was multiple colors and, and like, man, he kind of stood out from everybody. But because of this favor, his brothers hated him. I mean, like, not just like they didn't like him or they, they didn't, you know, celebrate his birthday party. No, 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 no. They hated him so much so that they conspired to kill him. Now, before this, what kind of led to this, and Joseph probably didn't help much of this, but what kind of led to this is that he had some of these dreams that showed his prominence and that also showed his brothers and his family that were in many ways in submission to him. And so nobody wants to hear that, especially somebody that's younger, in, especially in a, maybe a culture where birth orders obviously pretty significant. So his brothers conspired at first to kill him, and then Reuben said, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's just, let's just leave him here in this cistern or this pit and, and then we'll, we'll sell him or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with another plan. Let's just, everyone just cool off. The Bible tells us that he was actually hoping later on to come back and save his life. That's a whole other story about compromise, but we'll kind of get into that maybe a different time. Maybe just chew on that on your own though. So anyway, so they have him in this pit and or this cistern as it were. And what they did is they, they at that point sold him into slavery. And so this, he, his journey continues. He goes into Egypt, into a person named Potiphar, into his household. He's a slave. Um, what happens is that he eventually um, becomes the ruler over that house. He kind of, you'll see this as a theme for Joseph. He rises in the ranks. Now, Potiphar was kind of a special person in Egypt. He was the captain. He was a captain over Pharaoh's guard. Pharaoh being like the ultimate supreme ruler and viewed as a god, okay? So he was a captain over this guard, over this god. That's that's where Joseph is now. And he becomes the head over this house. What happens to him there is that Potiphar's wife made some advances toward Joseph. And Joseph refused these advances. Um, even though there was no like explicit law, or at least in Egypt, he probably, you know, there's the potential he might have been able to get away with it or something like that. Like, right. But he refused the advances and was then later on falsely accused of some kind of lewd act toward Potiphar's wife. 
And so because of this, um, Potiphar had him thrown in jail. Now, there's something that you could read into that a little bit there. We're not going to bother with that today, but there must have been something about Joseph and his integrity that Potiphar knew about that he just didn't have him killed on the spot, right? <laughs> like Or taken out and executed. There must have been something going on there, but I digress, although it is important to the story. But we go on and he goes to prison now and that's where he is. So he, you think that he's starting to advance and his story's just starting to look right. And then all of a sudden he finds himself in prison because ultimately the head over the house of the captain of the guard of Pharaoh, like that's a lot of the kind of long line of a title there. That's not his destination. That's not his role and purpose and function in the kingdom of God. And so what happens is he gets put in a place that is better in alignment with where God wants him. I'm just going to hold on right there. In <laughs> this is not like a an insert for a sponsor. We don't have any of those. <laughs> but uh, if this were, this would be like, this podcast is being sponsored by misery. <laughs> have you experienced misery? <laughs> Welcome to being a Christian. No, that's probably not a good advertisement for the kingdom of God. Um, but the reality is this, that that when you do live in his kingdom and operate in his kingdom, it's not what you think it should be, right? Like it's not the greatness or the wealth or the riches or the prosperity of this world. It's not. It's not for advancement of your name or your cause. It's for the advancement of the kingdom. And so Joseph found himself advancing the kingdom by maintaining his integrity and being thrown into prison. That doesn't sound like it's advancing anything at all. But obviously we keep reading the story. Right? So the rest of the story says that while he is in prison, he does kind of what he had done before. He begins to rise in the ranks of the prison. And then something happens. Um, there are a couple of prisoners, a former baker in Pharaoh's house and a former cupbearer in Pharaoh's house. And both of them, interestingly enough, have dreams. And they're, they're interesting dreams. And and Joseph, being one who's familiar with dreams, says, well, let me let me tell you about these dreams. Let's talk about them. So they have this conversation about the dreams, um, and, and he begins to interpret them. Bad news for the baker and good news for the cupbearer. Um, and so what happens ultimately is the cupbearer is returned and restored to his position. And while this is happening, Joseph says to him, hey, guy, listen, uh, while you're being restored, remember me, like remember me and my integrity and who I am and, and, and what I've done and just keep that in mind. So then of course the cupbearer says, oh, hey, Pharaoh, there's this really cool guy, Joseph. And no, no, no. What happens is he immediately forgets him and two more years go by. Again, this doesn't sound like it's very enticing for being a part of the kingdom of God, but this is that dual citizenship that I'm talking about. Like, remember the purpose of this podcast or today and why we're talking about this and how this applies. You can kind of start to draw some conclusions for yourself. But two years go by and then Pharaoh has a dream that needs interpreting. And so that's when the cupbearer finally remembers, oh yeah, there's this guy named Joseph and he interprets dreams. 
and accurately, by the way. <laughs> you know, he doesn't just do it. It's accurate. So Joseph interprets the dreams and the essence of these, it boils down to there's going to be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. And so the advice that Joseph gave to Pharaoh was, you need to store up surplus amounts of grain for this nation. And in, in reality, it's for the entire world, right? The known world at that time or the, their surroundings. So that's exactly what happens. Well, the seven years of plenty go by and, it, you know, in reality and in, in likelihood, nobody else really knew what was going on outside of Egypt. It, we, we can maybe read into that a little bit. That might be supposition. It's probably not bad supposition, though, because then we find Joseph's family, like Israel, right? Like the people of God. This is what's so interesting is that the people of God didn't see this coming. But somewhere along the lines, this pagan culture with this false god ruler saw it coming. That's because the king of kings and the lord of lords orchestrated these things to take place. He knew what was going on and he knew the best way to advance his kingdom. So Joseph's family is brought back onto the story and they are in need of food during the famine. They're starving. So they come to Egypt where there is supposedly grain that's being given to people. In a long story made short, like a really long story made short, they are eventually reunited together and all is peaceful. Everything is good. Um, Joseph, the favorite son, is reunited with his father. His father blesses his kids um, in an interesting fashion. And Genesis 50 concludes, and, and we just go, oh, that's a really sweet story. The kind of the one of the takeaways that we really grab onto, and there are so many to take away from this, but one of the takeaways is what the enemy has intended for evil, right? Like God works out for good. Okay. So all of that takes place, and this is a lot that's being condensed, you know, down into these, um, in these chapters, a lot of this takes place, so, and it's being condensed into this last few minutes. The point of bringing this out is this, is that Joseph, for so much, the majority of his life, lived a dual citizenship. He was a son of Israel, who's like, God is in his very name, right? So he's a son of Israel, but also now he is second, essentially second in command in Egypt. He is out there helping this country succeed, this nation, this kingdom succeed, which is not the kingdom of God, by the way. He's helping them succeed, but in reality, it's all for the purpose of setting it up so that his family, that the, the nation of God, can survive. That they can have a place. That they can grow and thrive. And it sets them up for centuries, actually, to come. That That's a whole different story that we'll, we'll dive into at some point. But here's the notion that I want us to take away. 
um, that I think speaks to where some things are at right now is that while we have a dual citizenship, we we can't have a divided allegiance. And that's probably what's harder for us during these times is to have a a unified allegiance. One of the things I reference a lot and talk about, even did a whole podcast on it, was about the notion of corruption is that when we tie and ally ourselves with something that is corrupt, when it starts to go down, that part of us that's tied to it is going to go down with it. So like we understand that. Our allegiance has to be undivided and wholly, completely submitted to God and his kingdom. But when that happens, what do we do about the world that we're living in now? Do we just give up on this world? Do we just throw in the towel and say, well, you guys are on your own? <laughs> like, right? Or do we just do we just kind of like stand our ground in that pit that we're in and say, Well, I'm not going anywhere because God told me I was gonna do this and that? Like, no, stop. Sometimes this world and, and the life that you live in this world will take you places that you do not expect to go. And you say, well, how is this in any way fulfilling the call or the kingdom of God? It, you might not feel like it is at all. And, and that's a very hard place for a Christian believer to be. And, and we can even feel like we are compromising. But look at the story of Joseph, that he did not ever once compromise his integrity the systems that he was involved in, that they were broken, but he didn't compromise his integrity. And at the end of that story, he ended up actually being in a place of prominence, being in a place of power and authority. There's a lot to be gleaned from that, but we just I just want us to take something away, is that you don't have to... Uh, stick it to these systems, they are falling apart on their own, <laughs> right? Like this, this Jenga game of our world doesn't need your help to expose it. Now, I want to be fair, within the kingdom of God, if there are corrupt things that are taking place, yep, that's for us to expose but we don't have to make it our mission to expose the corruptions of this world. Eventually, you, you keep playing that Jenga game, and eventually it's going to fall on its own. But there is one thing that will not fall, and that is a house or a person or a kingdom, however you want to view it, that is built on the rock. That's built on the thing that does not change, that's never lost, that's never compromised. So... Live your life in this world. And yes, there are some things. It's, it's hard sometimes to live in this world. And sometimes we do have to take some setbacks. Sometimes we find ourselves in a pit. or So we find ourselves being falsely accused. Or we find ourselves, well, even going to prison. Like figuratively, sure, yeah, maybe even literally. I, I don't know. But the point of it is, when those things happen, maintain your integrity Maintain your true identity. And your identity is not found in your role or positions in this world. Your identity is sons and daughters of the king. Not the pharaoh, but the king. 
Because look what happens here. And um, I'll conclude this week with this thought. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, this is the very next book, and it's like, just turn the page after the story of Joseph concludes. It says this, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Here's the notion. The king or the pharaoh that knew Joseph, we have no indication that he knew God. He may have professed some things about God at some point. Sure, fine, whatever. But we have zero indication that he ever knew God. And then there arose a new king that came to power that did not know Joseph. See, the old king at least knew Joseph who knew God. <laughs> but the new one didn't. God's people maintained their integrity even through hardship even through injustice. Yeah, that's probably not a theme that we want to think about today. But even through injustice, they endured. And at the end of that story, the greatest kingdom in the world was brought down to its knees, not because all of God's people arose and did some mighty work against them and brought it tumbling down and said, we're going to have dominion over you. No, no, no. Not because of that. It's because the king, the true king, came in and he brought his justice. He brought his own. So, here is the last thought. Understanding that our allegiance lies with God and the preservation and expansion of his kingdom. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are of, or we are from, or we belong to God. So with our dual citizenship, let us neither compromise, but also let us not be short-sighted. Take a moment today. If you're feeling frustrated with whatever's going on in this world, which that's completely reasonable to feel frustrated, take a minute. Just stop. Like literally stop. Shut your phone off. Not just put it on silent. I'll challenge you. After you get done listening to this and sharing it with all your friends. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, no. But seriously, shut your devices off. They do have off features, I promise. So go ahead. Shut them down. Turn them off and then just stop. Stop. And even if you have to embrace some of the silence around you. Yeah, we don't, this is going to make us so uncomfortable, but just stop. Slow down. Take a step back. Like almost, if you have to literally do this, step back and get a little perspective. Get some perspective. And realize you don't have to compromise. But at the same time, don't be short-sighted. We're in this for the long haul. And at the end of the long haul, we're going to win. So live with your dual citizenship. Don't compromise, but also don't be short-sighted.
next episode, we're going to more or less continue with this thought. And I want to maybe leave you with this um, little idea for next week. It's going to be about perceiving, perceiving the kingdom of God in your life personally. But for today, thank you for joining in. I hope this is helpful. 